Welcome to another episode of Myth and Stories. In this episode, they're going over Eris Morn. So hopefully they won't go too far off the rails this time. My husband can keep on track. It is physical abuse. So have a wonderful time. And guys, take it away. She's. We're gonna. We're gonna get a new guest introducer. This one. This <laughs> one's abusive. Uh. Yeah. Eris Morn this week. Yeah. Um, we figured it was the next logical step with uh uh the ending of of the Book of Sorrow, uh because she is is very much connected to the Hive uh, a lot. Um. Obviously, she's gonna be a big part. Or at least I. I feel like she's gonna be a big part. Uh. Coming with Witch Queen. Uh, we've seen her in several trailers uh, for Witch Queen stuff. Uh, one of the one of the quick little like six second take back the truth uh, uh, previews was centered on her. The other one being Ikora and and the other being Savathun. So yeah, um, uh, she is she's done a lot more than we expected. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and say so yeah. we discovered that. Um, as we're in the doing the process of, of researching this episode, uh, I say we. Um, <laughs> it's as, it's mainly him. I was doing some research for this episode. Uh, I'm just here for comedic relief. Uh, and you're and we have wonderful theories that we bounce off each other. So um, this is true. But no, I I like many I assume really associate Eris with the Hive and the events of the Hellmouth and Crota and Oryx and all that fun stuff. Um, but she had quite a bit of, uh, stuff that she did even before she ever encountered the hive, which we're going to get into, um, as we kind of go through her life chronologically from, uh, the beginning as we know it up to where she is presently and what she's doing and what we think she might be doing in the future. Um, in the beginning, there was only Eris and it was good. <laughs> no. No. So, but, but before that, I want to do a quick, uh, little bit of, of bookkeeping here that I think is, is pretty cool. Um, so I like to watch our statistics because, you know, when it's more than five people, it's a lot more fun to watch that graph go up and down. Uh, Dopamine (laughs) rush. Yay. So I, I just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone that has listened. Uh, our finale of books of sorrow was our most listened to slash downloaded episode ever uh in this get out of town what is this eight months we've been doing this now um see here's 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 where myth hits me with these stats out of left field and then i get super giddy and high off of the feeling that i get from that so then it's like this like ah and so now he's hit me with this mm-hmm, now and mm-hmm. now i'm gonna be ah the whole episode hey you know uh it keeps you awake hit me with some numbers it uh, i mean it makes my pants shorter uh demonetized uh demonetized instantly uh well hit me with some numbers so books of sorrow part eight our our finale for that series um which released on the first so it's only been out a week i has 180 downloads already which is Get phenomenal. Uh, That's freaking awesome. You guys are awesome. And you guys are freaking awesome. I think it's fun to point out that uh, although us being US based, it's no surprise that most of our 
majority of our audience comes from the United States. Uh, however, I was surprised to see our number two uh, most where, where our audience comes from. Uh, number two with the, the second most listens is Romania. So thank you to all of oh, our cool. Romanian listeners, apparently. Yeah. Uh, which is, is pretty neat. Uh, followed by Canada and great. Then Belgium. And then it gets into single digits uh, as people are spread here and there. But yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That is awesome. We have, we have gone, we've gone global, myth. That's right. Worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, I'm going to have to look up where Romania is now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm not that good at world geography. I have a I have a general idealistic idealistic idea of where it is in the world, but I'm not 100% sure. Now my wife is making fun of me, fun of me because I don't know exactly where Romania is. Uh All right, well, now she's Googling we'll, it. we'll leave Zora to to find a a world map. Um and... Oh, it's near Okay. It's it's near uh it's near Hungary and Slovakia and Ukraine. And Bulgaria, so it's right in that that Eastern European yeah old part uh, of the world area. Mm. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Romanians. Yeah. Can, are you, I, let us know if you're called Romanians. I don't know if y'all like. I I I'm not very cultured. <laughs> it, so your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, cool. Um, spread the word over there too, guys. Uh, if you're friends with t- guys down in Turkey, I think they're kind of cool guys. I don't know if y'all have any like clan bashing thing going on there, but. Let them know. Let Greece know. Let Italy know. Yeah. Um, cool. Yay us! Yay! Dopamine rush! <laughs> okay. And now that we have given Zora sugar high for the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Eris Morn. Um, like I said, a lot the, of... The new... The new... Uh, what, what, what would we call her? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess we can call her the new bay. I don't know. Mm, eh, up for debate. Uh, <laughs> Zor can call her that. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> if you're into continually like darkness weeping, green eyes behind a blindfold, you do you. But uh, hey, man, some everybody needs a little love. Eh, you know, you know. I I'm not here to to judge or shame anybody. So, uh. Except for me, he's totally here to judge and shame me, and that's okay. I accept it. Yeah, it was it was part of the the waiver he signed. So, but Erisborn, as, as, as if I'd sign any waivers, I'd sign all the waivers for you, man. Oh, all right. We're gonna get into the actual content now. Erisborn. Uh, so everyone mostly knows her, like I said, uh, from the Hive, dealing with Crota or Oryx, or maybe you're a newer player and your first introduction to her was with Shadowkeep, or uh, even. You know, later yet in her uh, little bits of Beyond Light, uh, she has done a whole lot in the Destiny universe that is really cool. Uh, even yeah. before her encounters with the Hive, so uh, she is one of the few Guardians uh, that we actually kind of know who she used to be. Um, Get out of town. And there's there's one telling of who she used to be, uh, that is from a very unreliable narrator, but I think it's it's fun because it leads into the second it's, telling is it, is it that might Sabbath be more day? accurate. But we don't know. 
It could be. There's a lot of theory that it is. But so that first that first telling comes from a lore book called uh, Truth to Power. And this lore book was one that we uh, received during uh, Forsaken, where every time that we were in the Dreaming City, every three weeks, you could visit Mara's throne. And when you open the chest there, there were messages that were left left to us uh, that were encrypted in the glimmer in the chest. And uh, one of those messages was in relation to Eris. And it is as follows. This is the entry of Truth to Power called Is It You? I, I knew we were going to cover Truth to Power at some point. And this, like, this is a very small snippet of uh, it. I'm not getting into all of Truth okay. to Power because it is a wild I ride. Didn't, I didn't know we were going to do that because that, like, that would have been a rabbit hole I would not have been <laughs> able to come back out of. Yeah, so this is just the entry that relates to Eris and nothing else. That, that it's a whole other episode there. But it's called Is It You? Okay. Uh, in my first life, I was born Arisia Piatoa Hison. I am sure I butchered that Russian name. I am so sorry. I remember that I remember that life clearly now. As ex-guardians who have escaped the traveler's occlusion often do. I lived in St. Petersburg, first daughter of a second marriage, a very impatient child of Earth's 22nd century, often abandoned by my family, who are called by work to Jakarta. Kamachka and Lagos to pass my days swimming in the icy Neva Bay. I loved to swim, and especially I loved the clarity of the cold, shallow Neva as crystal clear as a winter dawn. I died more than 20 years later attempting an unassisted winter swim from St. Petersburg to Stockholm. A cold front, like the very furnace of hell, caught me. I had been warned the crossing was suicide, even for a perfectly trained and exactingly fattened woman in a shark suit. But those were giddy days, days of infinite bravery, and there were no mighty feats left except the true, truly suicidal. I cannot say that I regret it. So this is a message that we received in this, this encrypted way, in this chest, that supposedly was left to us by Eris Morn, uh, who she, she refers to her, her human-born name as Aresia. Uh, I do find that interesting, how similar uh, Guardian names. In some it, cases. Maybe, maybe not more recently, like, but like obviously Anna. Like Anna Well, Bray she literally found an ID was... badge with her name on it. So right, like she woke up with an ID badge on her. So that's like that's it. It's interesting that it's interesting to me to know that how many, um, well, even even with the Awoken, like with with uh, Maris, Marisov, where she was, uh, Marasena, and but I mean obviously that's by design. But even Alice Lee was 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 uh, Queen Alice, or yeah. Although yeah. I think so that, that... it's. They weren't guardians, though. Like they, they right, reformed right, right, right. themselves, and I think they chose their their own true quote unquote name when they reformed themselves. Okay, yeah, that's. We'll be reading the Marasena soon, so we'll we'll Yay. answer all those questions. Um, Yay! But 
the the thing to note here is that this comes from a book that claims to be authored by like six different entities at any given time. So yeah. it's very hard to say that what this this telling is is accurate and and is true. Um and in fact our ghost thinks the same thing. Uh our ghost actually forwarded all of the messages that we received in Truth to Power to Ikora. Uh and Ikora then had her sense. her little group of uh you know, shadow spies and, and investigators called the Hidden investigate some of the claims made in these messages, including this claim of Eris's uh, ori- you know, original life. And we see what they found in the lore book Stolen Intelligence, the entry Forgeries. That entry reads... Well, and oh. re- real quick mm-hmm. before I jump into that, uh, this also gives us gives us more timeline to Destiny as well, uh, because she said in the twenty second century. Yes, the child of Earth's twenty second century. And so, and and I always get this backwards. That would be twenty three something. Uh, I or think I think it's the other something? way. I think the century is always one more. So I think it'd be one in the twenty one hundreds for the twenty second century. I think that's how it works. Okay, but that but. But so, I mean, we're talking about a time that the collapse hasn't happened. Um, this is very like she it, when she's she's talking about how like suicide is is the something that is not not suicide itself, but some the truly um, what did she say? She says there there uh, these were days of infinite bravery, and there was no mighty feats left except the truly suicidal. So, I- implying that, that all the great things in the world had been done had been done, other than those things yeah. that truly risked your life. Um, yeah, because because I mean, even even in today's time, like our our human time, uh, I mean, we've heard of people swimming across the English Channel. Now, granted, that's nothing compared to swimming from St. Petersburg to Stockholm. Like that's, I feel like that's like three times the length, but I, I don't know. Um, hooray Google. We'll have to Google some more distances. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that I, I like that. We, I was like having some sort of definitive, not definitive, but some sort of like very, very high at very, I can't even say accurate, ac- accurate because that's not, um, a close idea of what timeline we're looking at for destiny. Cause that's, that's all I, time is, is the one thing that, that I feel like humans have a very good, <laughs> we both at the same time have a very good understanding and a very poor understanding of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a definitive uh, measurement uh, that has a, that has a world standard of, you know, 24 hour one, you know, one second is one second, no matter where you go. Yeah. Uh, yep. so to be able to, to be able to say like, this is the year that it started and, and this is the year that it happened. I like, I like having that info. Yeah. Um, so like I said, though, the, these messages are very suspect. Um, and so goes right. forwards all this Taikora who gives it to her hidden and says, Hey, investigate is, is any of the things that we just got sent true, uh, including this story about, about Eris or Aresia. Uh, and, they give their report and we can read it. 
Uh, this is, again, stolen intelligence. The entry is called Forgeries. Um, agent, FEN092, subject, possible forgeries. Number one, as you all know, an unknown sender delivered six messages to VIP number 2014. I like that that's, that's our guardian, by the way. VIP 2014 I was gonna say, is, is that our guardian. Is our guardian. That's uh, awesome. Because if you didn't know, Destiny came out in 2014. Uh-huh. These missives were sent via Glimmer using a simple encryption scheme that even a 5530 unit frame could have easily cracked. 2014's ghost took immediate notice of these messages and quietly forwarded them onto IKO006, who then distributed them back to us, IKO being Ikora. In these messages, the sender briefly purports to be none other than ERI223, which is their code for Eris providing fanciful details regarding her origins as a human woman who grew up in an apparent settlement of old Russia known as St. Petersburg. None of this account sat well with anyone who actually knows ERI-223, not simply because none of her close confederates had any first-hand knowledge or belief that she knew of her pre-Guardian origins, but also, but also because she is still active in the field and has personally denied sending these messages. That being said, in accordance with our rigor for skeptical inquiry, this agent was dispatched in pursuit of hard evidence to the contrary. Number three, I submit to you now photographic and video evidence recovered from civilian family albums, historical archives, and extant ghost recordings originally captured in the last city. Behold, ERI-223, a child of the last city born to civilian parents in a mortal guardian integrated neighborhood behold two tiny vip 1786 though he is almost more unbelievable than eri223 if you look at his smile i am not sure who 1786 is i was going to say but i we just <laughs> i wonder if it's the drifter Okay. <laughs> well, but that shouldn't be possible because the Drifter was... No, it can't be Drifter. Drifter was, was pre-City. He was resurrected before the City. Um, right, right. Because he, he was resurrected in a desert and starved to death over and over and over again. So I don't, I don't know who VIP 1786 would be. Um, and I, don't, I, I didn't particularly look into it because I was more focused on Eris at the time. No, you're fine. I, there's a, there's a, uh, um, it would, it would be interesting, uh, and, and not, not just for any crazy reason, uh, as, as much as I, as you do your research, I'm going to ramble for a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I love, I love looking at destiny community stuff. Um, and, uh, there's one artist out there and I, I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Uh, but she has a, a very high fascination with Eris and the drifter. Uh, and she does a lot of artwork with the two of them as a love story, and it I I I in my head I'm always like oh that'd be kind of cool, but then like now if like if if that was then it's like oh well that's that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's I as much as I don't have Twitter or 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 Instagram or stuff, uh, I'm still uh, a creeper like that and watch everybody else's. Well, 
Thank, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, VIP seventeen eighty six. Doing a quick search in Ishtar Collective only returns the result from this book, this this lore entry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So unclear who that is. Um, That's a bummer. But they're saying they have photographic and video evidence of Eris as a child, as a child born in the city, um, in the last city. Says of the photos, so def- original digital so definitely files a, are a description. A no, go ahead. Well, well, and, and so so definitely a discrepancy is happening there. Yeah, clearly. Like, if she was born in the city, in the last city, then she could not have been a child in Earth's twenty second century in Saint Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, of the photos, original digital files are unavailable, but radiocarbon dating clearly identifies the earliest prints as more than three hundred years old. This is consistent with the timestamps of footage provided by volunteer ghosts who were present during the same time period. As to whether the child we believe to be ERI-223 is indeed her, please see the second compressed folder attached to this report for full double-blind forensics. So they're pretty damn sure that this is Eris. Yeah. That they have video of. And they're saying even ghosts that were wandering around at the time like have in their memory this this child heiress in the city um so i thought that was was pretty interesting uh so so, okay so okay i've i've got a i guess a minor theory here mm mm-hmm it does say that she was born to guardian and non-guardian parents. No. I, I thought so, too, when I first read it. But rereading it, okay. um, it says she was a child of the last city born to civilian parents in a mortal guardian integrated neighborhood. So okay. guardians. So and- they were both. And normal humans were living in the same neighborhood. I think is what's being implied. Right. Here. It's but but so from that sense, when she, when it says civilian parents, the the guardians are very much like the military of the um. I don't want to say the military of the traveler, the military of the, of the city. They're, they're they're more the military. They're of more the military of the city, yeah. right? Like that's right. Like they are the guardians of humanity. Not all light bearers are guardians, and not all guardians are light bearers, right? True. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so her civilian parents could have just been light bearers. That's yeah. No, that absolutely. I I have to feel like they would have noted that if that were the case. That's um, that, and that's more what I was getting at. Like it because it isn't expressly written that they were light bearers or that they were guardians and the fact that they were referring to them specifically as civilians i feel like that is that is an indication of these are mortals these are non-guardian people that gave birth to this child that is very much this person eris more like that's yeah. as far as as far as all the data is putting together that's what we're looking at right now yeah and i don't think we have and th- this would be something to kind of a bonus episode at some point to look into i don't believe there are any record of there being a guardian born child 
I, I think guardians are inherently sterile. Um, I mean, we're dead. I mean, yeah. Uh, all the other organs are working though, so you know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, who, who knows if your hangdown's working? <laughs> God dang it! God dang it! <laughs> Double demonetized. Uh, but Double demonetized. But yeah, there's there's no record of there being I, I at least as far as I can recall off the top of my head, there is no record of there being a guardian born child from guardian parents or guardian human parents and there have been guardian human relationships uh so i i'm of the notion that it's not possible for for guardians to reproduce if if we're double demonetized would that be double d god damn it (laughs) even even my wife was in there shut up (laughs) all right this is this is why we'll never get any money. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, we're not. Nope. This will forever okay. be free. You may continue with your story. Uh, this will forever be free. <laughs> so continue with your storytelling ways. That's that's <laughs> as much as we know about Eris before she was a guardian. Um, were were these these little bits that were picked up uh, by the hidden finding supposedly the true story but i find it interesting that in truth to power whoever the author is be it savathun or somebody else that they singled eris out as the person to try and pass these details about yeah um i think i think there's significance in that and we we've talked about that a little bit at the end of our our books of sorrow episode go watch that finale uh but Hashtag self plug. Um, yeah, hashtag self plug. Uh, but I think we're gonna talk about Not it even more as we plug, go through. God damn it, Zor! But... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm done. I promise. I promise. So... I'm done. <laughs> I'm feeling really good tonight. That, that dopamine rush is still still kicking in. <laughs> Note to self: Never give Zor good news before the start of an episode. No. No. <laughs> So, uh, now we get into some known history about her time, um, her kind of early guardian life. Uh, and it's really interesting. So, um, she was first known by the Vanguard, not as a hive expert, but as a very well-traveled member of the Ahamkara hunts. Oh man! And uh, so all of this—I oh, love a good wish dragon story. All of all of these entries uh, come from the the last wish gear, uh, specifically the hunter set from the last wish raid. I was going to say it's probably probably off the hunter. Yep. And uh, that I'm going to kind of follow. They're they're not truly chronological, but one of them seems to come before the others, so I'm I'm going to follow that. Um, so we're going to start with okay. the mask of the great hunt, the helmet. The Ahamkara remain an issue. There's still so much that we can learn from them, but what they've done to Venus. No two guardians see the same thing. One of our warlocks stared into the paracausal phenomenon that formed over the Ishtar Academy and shot himself. Luckily, his ghost hid from him beforehand, 
and we managed to get him back. He has no lingering physical wounds, but he will need some time to recover. We thought we were gods who had found an opportunity for more power. A silly notion to the likes of you and me. But the average guardian has not been threatened like this. We will take extreme measures. We must. But these creatures have such means. They will flee. Far and wide. Perhaps all the way to you. Mara, I implore you. If you hold your people as dearly as you say you do, you will end them on sight. Signed, Eris Morn. So Holy cow. as far back as the Ahamkara hunts, Eris has had a relationship, some kind of repertoire with Queen Mara. Enough so that she is able to send a letter to the Queen of the Awoken and ask her to kill any Ahamkara that flee to the reef. Which that that in itself, uh, like her status with the queen, I, I, I always, in, anytime she has any type of interaction, she talks about her as my queen. I always thought of Eris as Awoken. But Maybe. clearly she's not. Clearly she's human. Well, yeah, that's true because they they described her. Um, well, let me see if they if they described her as human. Because of the civilian birth, like that's that's my whole thing. There is that so they, civilian birth to me says human. They describe her as like, a child of the last city, born to civilian parents. Civilian doesn't necessarily mean human. That's true. They could be reborn awoken. That that or earthborn awoken. Yeah. No. All right, you're going to need a clarification here of Earthborn and Reefborn Awoken since I've now confused myself. So my understanding, Reefborn are, as the name implies, Awoken born in the Reef. Earthborn post, are post, post-fracture. Uh, post because remember, they, they, came to, they came back from the distributary. They were here, and then there was a fracture where some of the Awoken right. went to Earth immediately. And some of them stayed yep. with Mara, saying, "Saying we need to, we need to fulfill our original yeah. wish, basically our original obligation of saving Earth." And so that's where that fraction happened, and they they split. Yep. So it's very possible, you know, they 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 maybe intentionally never say like she was a human child or she was an awoken child. They just say a child. Um. So she she could be awoken, and we just there's not enough of her original awokenness to, to tell anymore. It, clearly most of sure, her, her sure. face and whatnot is covered. Um, so who knows? Because I'm curious, I'm curious if, cause that, that again, it's, it's more of a curiosity thing rather than like a, Hey, let's establish facts. Um, I'm curious if the family that she was born from was close to Marasov and therefore that's why she has, she's able to have this rapport with Mara or like, I mean, to have that level of, of, I don't know what to call it other than intimacy with, with Mara, uh, to be able to send her personal letters familiarity and, and request at least. things of her. Familiarity, yeah. absolutely. That's a, that's a better one. Um, but yeah, to have that familiarity with, with Mara, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Especially if, if she is a non-awoken. Like, that's, a, that's an even bigger deal if she's not awoken. Right, and at this point, remember, she hasn't had any dealings with the Hive. Her and Mara have not talked about, you know, strategized about Oryx. Or, like, 
it, all of those events that we could see their relationship, you know, them trusting each other with, with plans and whatnot, and we'll discuss that as we go on, none of that has happened at this point. The Ahamkara hunts are way before any of that, and she was already yeah. in Mara's good graces enough to be exchanging personal letters. Um, interesting. So I've, I found that pretty interesting. Uh, another thing, we get a little bit of a justification for why the Ahamkara hunts happened in the first place, because that, that has been a question that, that I have had in some of the times where we've talked about Ahamkara, like they were dangerous, but why did the guardians go on this like extinction war path? And it sounds yeah. like the Ahamkara were mainly based on Venus and they did something to it. Uh, something that was making, I mean, that whole singularity above Ishtar, like, they did something what to it hell? that was that was making people go insane just by looking at it. Like they by making people commit suicide just by looking at it. Um, and and they described it as a paracausal thing, right? Like yeah, a, uh, a paracausal phenomenon that formed over the Ishtar Academy. Interesting. I I almost want to boot up D one and 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 go run around there and see what right. Yeah. I mean, there shouldn't be anything there because all the Aham cars are dead, but. I mean that that'd be okay. Yep. Okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting. We got a little Ahamkara hunt, you know, understanding in addition to showing Eris's relation to the queen. Um next, uh I'm gonna go to the vest of the great hunt, the chess piece. And it goes as such. Venus, the great hunt. The Ahamkara refused to die. For a day, Wei Ning had been fighting it to a standstill with her bare hands, cratering it repeatedly into the ground. Confession time, the titan said as she hammered punches into the Ahamkara's tentacled face. I've been wishing this fight would go on forever. Eris bulked. Please stop, you psychopath. We have six others to handle. No, no, we want this. Trust me, Wei Ning said. An hour later, six shapes emerged from the Venusian foliage, Ahamkara. Their compatriot, whom Wei Ning continued to pound into the ground, was pulsating, growing stronger, feeding. And the others had come to feast at the same table. Eris pulled her arc blade from the air and blinked. So this, I think, is the first recorded uh instance of Eris and Wei Ning pairing up during the Ahamkara yep. hunts. Um and in this particular instance Wei Ning is literally wishing for this fight to go on in order to draw the other Ahamkara to her because they they see their their uh you know, brethren, Ahamkara, brethren. like yeah. gaining energy from this person. They're like, oh, we want some. Uh, yep. This also confirms, we, we already knew this, but this also confirms Eris is a hunter or was a hunter. Um, and seemingly she was an arc hunter uh, yep. using arc blades and blink. Uh, I was trying to say a D1 arc hunter. D1, yes. Aha. 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 We stole your blink. Aha. Uh, we. We, oh, <laughs> oh, we did. It's okay. No one uses it. It's pretty garbage on Warlock. So, 
sorry, not sorry. Uh, no, uh, so so that's a that's a um, that's also an interesting thing too. Like even in the Destiny universe, they acknowledge that we have different light powers. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. That's I think that's kind of neat. Now I think in the lore, generally speaking, um, not only do we see them you see certain characters utilize light elements in ways that we do not, uh, like Osiris right. and his solar reflections. Yep. Um, yep. but we also see uh, characters fluidly use different elements at times. Um, Ikora. Or, or different, what to us would be like different sub-trees of, a, of an element. Um, Ikora. Yeah, Ikora with her Nova Bomb and into a Nova Warp. Uh, Frickin' Ikora. No wonder she was broken in PvP. Like, come on. Right? Like, but, this lady... T- <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Ikora is a PvP god, and we now know why. Yes. She has lead hacks. She was one of the few that beat Shax to a pulp. Um, so now the, the last piece of Last Wish gear that I'm going to talk about here, we're going to talk about another piece later on, uh, is the Strides of the Great Hunt. And this is Eris and Ikora. Eris and Ikora stood over a graveyard of whispering bones. An hour ago, this was a vibrant army of Ahamkara. What did they offer you? said Eris. Her stare reached for a mile in front of them. So did the grave of bones. The same as you, I'm sure. Ikora stood, buoyed by a gentle flow of light above the whispering bones. It was easier to concentrate up here. Everything they say is true, said Eris. Ikora looked down at her sharply. Sentiment like that leads you to morbid places, she cautioned. Yes, came the reply. If you guide your light north, I'll take the south. This will be quick. I think they showed me my life before my ghost. Eris, focus. Uh, And I... I forgot to include this bit, or I got a little, uh, little uh, quick with the delete button as I was trying to trim the fat on some of these entries in the the you know hope for a quicker episode. Um, but you fool, uh, you fool. These these two, Ikora and Eris, um, essentially eliminate these bones. They they flood the ahamkara bones with light just like pure light of of no particular element um in order to destroy them is is what they're doing uh and and mainly because and we know this as as players even ahamkara bones are still um potent yes they still whisper and, and they can still and this and this is grant wishes to a degree yep and and this is shown in game. Like when you, when you go to the Dreaming City, down at the very bottom of the Dreaming City, there's the two uh, Ahamkara skulls, uh, Mugen, Mugen and and Hunan, I believe something like that. Are. Yeah. Um, you can wish to one and get Queen's foil, and you can wish to the other and get uh, charges for the um, for the blind well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it, and they're just bones. Like that's all. There's just a skull there. And then, of course, there's one hanging above Shaxx, because why not? Because why not? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, why not? 
So the other bit that I find interesting is this this really shows the scale of the great hunt. Um they had literal I mean, a mile. mile of bones of nothing but dragon bones. That's crazy. Uh it, it, it yes. <laughs> it's wild to to that's, think about. That's crazy. Um, so and and we theor- we theorized this in in our books to so- book of sorrows episodes. We we were pretty sure they came from harmony, but God, were they numerous here in the soul system? Well, I I think they may have originated in harmony, but they probably followed the traveler when it arrived in the soul sure. system. I, I is my assumption. Sure. Um, and they just picked a planet and said, "This is ours now," and apparently that was Venus. Um. Yep. But so with with that, uh, the Ahamkara are extinct as far as anyone that took part in the great hunt is concerned. Um, the next notable uh, entry where Eris pops up is actually as a uh, comrade of her former hunting partner, Wei Ning. Um, so we're going to get now into the event called the Great Disaster. And this is actually going to talk, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Waning first. So Waning is okay. one of the thousands of guardians that died at the hands of Crota when trying to reclaim the moon from the hive. Her lover, Ariana Three, swears vengeance on Crota and assembles a fire team with the express purpose of investigating his powers and killing him. One of those fire team members is Eris Morn. But the the main problem is, although they both have reason to try and go kill Crota and, and take vengeance for these thousands of guardians that have been slaughtered, um, they don't know how. Because Crota is seemingly immortal to them. The one well, and per- I think this is the 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 whole reason why he seems immortal. Now we know this as the other side of the of the video game. Like we know this as the player. He literally is immortal because mm-hmm. he he dies. He goes to his ascendant realm, and he then just spawns out of that ascendant realm back into the corporeal world and rinse and repeat. Uh, yep. But they didn't know any of that at the time. They no one had any yep, notion. This is all new territory. Yeah, new 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 territory for guardians. So to to the people that were fighting on the moon and the reports that came back, it was you know we killed Crota, and then he, you know the next day or the next week or however long it took him to get back from the ascendant realm, he he was back on the battlefield just murdering us again, and it just kept happening over and over. Yep. Um. So. They decide they need more information about the hive. And the only person at this point in time who would have even the the smallest inkling of of how they could kill Crota is an exiled warlock who is said to be driven insane by his pursuit of knowledge of the hive named Toland the Shattered. Fucking Toland. Fucking Toland. This guy. All right. 
Now, All right. I'm not going to focus on Tolan too much because he could be a whole, again, another character that could be a whole could, episode on he, his own. He is literally going to be another uh, episode. <laughs> but the short version is fuck Tolan. Um, yeah, yeah. TLDR, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> so they track Tolan down. They find him, and he does know of Hive Throne Worlds, and he knows how to travel into Crota's throne world to truly kill him. Now, Tolan... And not, not to completely derail this mm-hmm. into a Tolan episode, how does he know this stuff? Like, where did he get this knowledge from? Oh, that's coming up. That's coming up. So give, okay. give me just a little right. bit. Uh, and we're Zora, gonna talk calm about the hell that. down. You're, okay. You're, you're reading the page ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So... Page six out of 21. Now, yeah. Now that they knew <laughs> how to, to fight Crota, they had this hope that, like, yes, there is a way to defeat him. Uh, they recruit Toland into their fire team. Uh, and he, he makes it very clear that he wants to go because he wants something from the hive on the moon. Not because he's interested in killing Crota. He, he wants something else that's there. Um, but he's going to help them kill Crota at the same time because, you know, why not? Convenience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so armed with this knowledge, they recruit three more fire members, uh, fire team members. Uh, the Titan, Veltarlo, and the Hunters, Omar Agah and Syed Morta. Saimota. Saimota? Saimota, I think. I think that's how Eris pronounces it. Uh, when we're when we're gathering their their tributes. Okay. Um, autocorrect may have done me dirty there. So, uh, damn you, autocorrect. I meant to say, give grandma a hug, not bang grandma. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's the dopamine rush that still hit me. <laughs> we need to give Margie a little uh, like mute Zora's like, mic button. <laughs> Like the brakes that you she, give driving she, instructors she, when they're teaching people how to drive. Yes. 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 <laughs> Put the brakes on, Zor. Uh, uh, this is why I'm not allowed on live TV. Uh, what? Yeah, no, that exact reason. No, it's because I'm not famous. Uh, but yeah, so so we have the, we have the six. Uh, so Eris, uh, Ariana, um, Toland. Toland. Veltarlo, Omar. Veltarlo? Yeah, Omar. Omar. And Saimota. 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 Uh, so, while they're traveling uh, to the moon, because they're, you know, when, when we go to the moon, we hop on the moon, you know, we land on the moon, we hop on a sparrow, we go over the hill we want. Uh, at this point in time, the moon is owned by the hive. Like, you, you don't just go wherever 100%. you want. They are everywhere so they have to be very careful about how they're moving around place to place and and this is another thing that we talked about in books of sorrow they are trying they are trying to turn that our moon into a war moon yes into a literal mobile death ship Mm -hmm. um so during one of their their camping stops uh eris asks toland about what it is that they're they're going to be facing, and he tells her uh, about the might of Crota. And this comes from the D1 Grimoire card titled "The Might of Crota." 
Toland. When a god's will is met with force, its might will be unleashed in the form of those raging beasts we call the ogre. Monsters bred of pain, tormented by the light. Nothing but hatred for all who bring its suffering forth. Eris. And how do you know this? Toland. It was told to me. Eris. By the speaker? Toland. By the darkness itself. And in the little margins I've written, is Toland full of himself, or does he actually commune with the darkness? <laughs> I don't... I, I don't want to derail this into a Toland episode, but... <laughs> Maybe? Like, I could kind of see either way, okay, no, honestly. Okay, <laughs> Like, you know, in very Tolan fashion, he could be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, did a bunch of research and read all of these clues that this is how the, the might of Crota, you know, this is what they are and this is how they come about. And all of those clues were left for me by the darkness. And so the darkness told me so. Ooh. I could totally see that. Yeah. Or he could have literally found a way to commune with the darkness and has learned knowledge from them. Uh, or from it, wouldn't uh, would, I wouldn't be the first entity to do so. Wouldn't be, although the other entities had to make pretty significant sacrifices to yeah. to make that connection, which really makes so me wonder Tolan's what the sacrifice? heck did Tolan do if that was the case? Yeah. <laughs> so because I I remember so so I'm not gonna derail into Tolan. This will be the last Tolan derail. I swear. Uh, I remember in D1, um, the, there was a mission uh, where you're, 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 you're on the, I'm pretty sure you're on the moon, uh, and you're going through this area, and you get to basically the world grave or, or Crota's grave or something like that, and the whole time Ghost is, is talking to you about, you know, these are from the, these are from the journals of Toland and the diaries of Toland and stuff. So yep. I'm assuming there is a collection of uh his thoughts and and ideas you were somewhere. again reading a page ahead god dang it <laughs> but you're on the right track i live in the future you're on the right track i um, live in the future tell me the lottery numbers yeah <laughs> um 7 12 32 7 <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife is no uh, no 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 so he tells Eris of the might of Crota um, and these ogres that, that are kind of his, his brute force um, that is to come out and deal with any kind of invaders. And as they're traveling along the moon and getting closer and closer to the temple of Crota, they start hearing screams, which anyone that is a D1 veteran that was uh, playing during the dark below um, or she came back later, would recognize very clearly as the screams of Omnigal. And Tolan talks about this as well. Uh, There's a D1 grimoire card called The Will of Crota. And it is as such. Eris, those screams, Omar. And I was just starting to tune them out. Toland, it has been told that with these screams, another spawn is awakened, birthed in the name of the god it holds. Sigh, 
Crota. Toland, I am afraid so. They call this one Omnigal, mother of the spawn. Ariana, I hear them. Even when I don't, I will tear this Omnigal's throat out. Toland, if you were to do so, our work here would be done. Without a will to raise its army and herald its ascendance, there is no Crota to fear, at least here and now. Eris, then we follow the screams. So Toland, on one hand, is not saying anything that's untrue. Right. Uh, You know, we, we, the Guardian, during Dark Below, it's true. Omnigal is the main sort, one of the main sources of tribute for Crota and gives him a large majority of his power and is also the one yep. literally creating his army. Uh, and it's, this is, this is that trickle, trickle up effect. Yes. Yep. Uh, that we talked about with, with feeding the, the worms all the way up to the food chain. So Om- Omnigal being the will of Crota and I guess the brood mother. Of Crota's army? It sounds like it, yeah. The the mother of Spawn, like that seems very broodmother-ish. Yeah. Um so she is creating Crota's army and then also directing them to, you know, do his bidding. Um and Toland is saying we call her Omni Thick. No. Uh Toland <laughs> is saying that if you are to if you removed this this piece from the board, Crota would not have an army anymore. Uh there wouldn't be anyone to direct the the hive that are still here. They would be just kind of feral, instinctual. Uh and he right. you know Crota would no longer be a threat in the immediate, at least. Um And I think I think that's a, a thing to note there too, is is Tolan says, Yeah, he wouldn't be a threat now. Yeah. No. Like that not not like he won't be a threat ever again, but you know, just in the immediate here and now. Right. And at the same time, I think Toland is well, again, everything he's saying is accurate and true as far as we know. He's also egging them on. He's also saying, right. like, hey, that's the big puzzle piece. That's the queen on the chessboard. You get rid of her and your job gets a lot easier and you've really hurt Crota. And so this this kind of like I'm curious as to how much of that is Toland wanting to do research and Toland just being Toland. I think I think it's Toland wanting them for for his own designs, wanting them to go into the Hellmouth, and and absolutely. Yes, I think some of it's research, not just because he wants to get there as quick as possible, but also because he wants to see what happens to them, which is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just the sick bastard he is. Uh, well, and that's that's what I'm saying as far as like the research. Like, it's not just research on the hive; it's research on, on what the hive does to humans and guardians. Or, or guardians, yeah. Or, yeah, like like what is what is this ultimate force that has taken over our moon, and what does it mean to us as the guardian? Is is it's I I don't want to say it's like the purest form of science, but it kind of is. Like like there's no there's it's it's hard to think of that in, in a positive way without thinking of Tolan as being completely nuts because any any figure that we've had in our history that has done anything like that that has just completely disregarded everything 
and just said, I don't, I don't, I don't care about the ethics of something. I don't care about the the morality of something. I just want to see what it does. I want a pure factual thing. Is is very scientifical, but for us as humans who have morals and have ethics, it looks as like, oh my god, this guy's fucking nuts. Well, he kind of is. It's not. I mean, he <laughs> is. Like that's. I think that's. I think that's the thing that like, he, he totally is. Like, there's no. Oh, hey, Toland might be a little okay. No, 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 no. Toland is nuts. But I, I get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, he he is not barred by morals or ethics to understand the the subjects that he has a want to understand. Yep. Um, he he wants to understand it 100. percent He doesn't. He doesn't want there to be any doubt about what what a what an omnigul is, what a what a crota is, what a hive does, what a scream is, any of that. He wants everything to be exact, whether whether it be for future guardians or not. Future guardians inherently benefit from it yep. because, I, I mean, obviously, any type of research that leads to fruitful knowledge is good. Um, well, I can't say good because then there's the whole morality thing in there, and ethic. yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Don't don't dig the hole. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna. Toland's crazy, but thank you for being Toland. Yeah. Uh. So. Ooh, that was an early thank you. There you go. Got one done. Um. Nope. I'm putting him at the end. He's gonna be the last thank you tonight. He'll be the first and the last because he's crazy. So crazy like a fox mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the Tolan's kind of edging them on they're hearing Omnigal uh, they're like yeah she's she's this big you know powerful figure we need to get rid of her she's we can hear her she's got to be close let's go get her uh, and so they're they are descending now into the temple of Crota um, on the moon which we can visit in game um, in both games now. Yeah, in both games now. Absolutely. And as they're descending into the temple, they are suddenly just attacked by this seemingly endless swarm of thrall. I uh, and I I it's it's a little fuzzy here exactly where this happens. I think this is literally at the gates of the Temple of Crota, like in that that canyon area. Yeah. Um. Because there's a mission. Uh. When you are in the in the dark below, where Eris mentions, like, you know, yeah, we we camped in that broken kind of circular uh moon uh you know building. Um. I know exactly where it is on the map. I'm I'm ter- I'm describing it terribly, yep. but. And then you know we descended into the canyon. And, you know, most of us didn't make it past the canyon and the ones that did, you know, are wished that they hadn't kind of kind of thing. Yeah. And so I know the exact circular building you're talking about, too. Yeah. Uh, If anyone needs a current day reference of where it is on the top of it, if you ever do the Xenophage quest is, I believe, the last place where you dunk the light. Yeah, Um, I think you're the last or the fourth. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that building. So. Um, this this rush of thrall comes at them as they're in this canyon, and I I envision this as like 
full on zombie movie, just you know, like pouring over the sides of the canyon, coming down to literally like over each other. Six fire teeth. Yeah, exactly. Like crawling over each other. Uh and we have some of them, some of the, the fire team members stand and fight. Uh specifically they had uh Tarlo and um I believe Ariana and Sai all die in this thrall attack. Tarlo for sure. Um and I it's Ariana and Saimorda or or Saimoda were at least in the attack because of the lore on Ariana's vow, the exotic hand cannon. Um, I'm not going to read it just because it, it's a little long and it's not directly relating to Eris, but uh, it mentions, you know, they're in the canyon and they hear this rumble and uh, they, they turn and they just see these thrall pouring over and it's uh. Ariana, the last line is Ariana saying, let them come. I will be the last light they ever see. So yeah. I think it's implied let that come. Ariana and Tarlo and Sai all died in this, this literal tidal wave of thrall. Uh, and the three that escaped into the Temple of Crota were Eris, Omar, and Toland. So now, was this, I don't know if it's ever described anywhere, was there deaths there specifically so the other three could get inside? Or was this just a total coincidence that, or like, like this this wave is coming at them, three of, three of them split off, and they're like, oh shit, I'm getting the hell out of here. And the other three are like, let's do this. Uh, it's, do we have any type of it's evidence one way or another? It's not really described one way or another. Um the way that that I took it is that they probably all tried to to stand and fight the thrall at first, and then once they realized how outnumbered they were, or maybe once uh, the first of them went down, you know, they they tried to escape and only some of them did. Uh, but I I I don't. It doesn't make sense outside of Toland, I guess, for Eris and. Omar to just turn tail and abandon the other three. Up and leave, yeah. Um, a- another take could be though that you know Toland, Omar, and Eris acknowledged that this was not a battle they had any hope of winning, and so they retreated, and the others were just so fueled by their their need for vengeance that they they stood and fought a fight that they couldn't win. Um, I was going to say because Ariana's whole reason for being there. And again, not to tangent again, uh, was because Waning, like Ariana and Waning, were lovers, yes. and she was there specifically to get revenge for Waning. Yeah, uh, and to provide a source for that. I know we've said that a couple times now. Um, and say, yeah, Wade, Waning and Ariana three, um, their relationship is outlined in the star-crossed mark, the Titan mark. So that's where you can find information about them if you're interested in that little story bit. But, so this leaves us with Eris, Omar, and Toland in 
the Temple of Crota, having escaped this rush of Thrall two, and having lost half two their hunters and a warlock, half their fire team. Uh, yeah, because Eris and uh, Omar are both hunters. Uh, better get those in Bisbal. <laughs> well, Eris, Eris is Ark, so you know. Uh, oh. so we have uh, a couple of peaks into their time under the the moon here through some of the d other d1 grimoire cards so this one is the d1 grimoire eyes of crota eris something is watching us i can feel it omar i hate when you say that toland Crota has many eyes. Every god does. Eris, we have to go. Omar, if they know our every move, what chance do we have? Toland, with their great age comes even greater wisdom. I have no doubt that the Hive have led us here with intent. Omar, what are you saying? Toland, for these disciples we offer the greatest sacrifice. Eris, what does that mean? Tolan, do you feel your light fading? They're offering it to Crota. Us coming here, we are the ones waking him. Omar, he's mad. Tolan, perhaps. Eris, why do you hold these secrets like weapons? To damn us all? Tolan, because they are weapons. We are going to use them to show the hive they are not the only ones who breed fear. Eris, how? Toland, you are hunters. Hunt. Find the eyes that are upon us. Toland, and then? Oh, excuse me. Omar, and then? Toland, we blind Crota, and we use what's left of your dying light to lead us to where these monsters seek to conjure their master. So again, Toland is being very inflammatory here. And before it was the... He's mad. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he, he just acknowledges it. He's like, yeah, probably. Yeah, Who cares? But again, like at first, to get them into the temple, he was like, hey, you hear that? You hear those screams of Omnigal, the will of Crota? She's a major game piece. We need to, you know, let's take her out. And you guys are pretty, you've pretty much won. And, uh, and now that they're in the temple, he's like, oh, yeah, these eyes of Crota. Like we're not gonna survive if you don't deal with these eyes of Crota. We need to we need to hunt them down and find them and blind him, and that will give us the upper hand. Uh, so each time, and for some reason, I'm remembering eyes of Crota as like an actual entity. They were an actual enemy that we fought, uh, in D1 during the Dark Below, and the reason is because. Uh, Eris and Omar failed to kill them. Uh, it, actually, it's Clearly. it's not even said if they found them. Uh, but they they did. They they traversed through the catacombs of the moon in search of the eyes of Crota. Uh, they were ambushed yet again somewhere in the catacombs. Uh, and Eris is now split off from both Toland and Omar, who uh, Omar was carried off, and Toland just disappeared somewhere. Uh, because Vex reasons. However, 
Eris <laughs> held on to Tolan's journal. So ah. she has Tolan's journal down in under the moon here in the catacombs. Uh, and all of his crazy ramblings. So, again, this isn't going to be a Toland episode, but I do want to talk about what Toland was doing since he's kind of been pushing this along. Toland intentionally separated himself from Eris to find Ur Yut, the Death Singer, because he wanted to learn about the Death Song. He didn't understand how Ir Yut could sing a death song which killed everything but not die herself from hearing it. And he theorized that the reason was because she herself must be death for her not to die from her own song. And he wanted to study this and understand the hive songs and, and how they worked and why they worked. And so he tracked down Iriot. he's nuts. And the details are unclear as to what actually transpired between the two. Um, however, Iriot definitely survived because she was a raid boss. And yep. Toland was unsung from his corporeal form and his soul was banished to the Sea of Screams as a little floating taken orb with really annoying dialogue on the moon. Uh, it's, it's not annoying. It's, 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 it's insightful. Informative. And informative. <laughs> but he's still a dick. <laughs> he's still a dick. You, slayer of oryx, slave to queens. <laughs> yeah. No, he's absolutely a dick. So that, I'm not going to go, again, not a Toland episode. I'm not going to go into his grandmaster plans or anything. See? That's, but that's that's how arrogant that's what he Toland doing. is. He took he took over our our Eris Morn episode. Yeah, exactly. Exact that's that's how bad he is. Uh fucking Toland. So Toland is is gone. It, for all intents and purposes is dead as far as Eris is concerned. Um Well and now now we have two definitive reasons of why things happen in Destiny. Um for the Vex, it's for some Vex reason. And for the hive, it's fucking Toland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. That's canon. That's now. canon now. Yep. Um. <laughs> so Eris now is on her own, and she has Toland's journal, uh, and the 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 source for um her having Toland's journal at this point is in the D one story mission called Lost to Light. Uh. Eris overcomes has a dialogue that says, hold fast to toll in the shattered's journal. It saw me through my time in the dark. It will do the same for you. Um, and that's that, uh, mission lost to light that you were remembering yep. where our ghost is yep. reading entries out of Tolan's journal. Or even ghost is like, man, this guy's nuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> like as he's reading them, like you, even I, I, because I, I think I remember Ghost even going, man, this Toland is, he's something else, man. I don't know about him. I, I vaguely remember something to that effect as well. So I think that's, yeah. that's pretty accurate. So, Omar is the last of her fire team that is unknown, but their their status is not unknown for long. 
because we have the D1 Grimoire card, the Heart of Crota, and it goes as following. I thought Omar dead until I heard his screams. I followed them down to the darkest night of the caverns below. What I saw, I witnessed all we fear, the villainy of the hive on full display. Among a sea of cocoons and surrounded by thousands more freshly spawned hordes, the heart held Omar's broken body in a vice of bone and pain. She was peeling the light from his body. How, I cannot imagine, and I have tried. Tendrils of luminous tore away like flesh. With every strand, Omar's screams cut the dark and was met with a chittering chorus from the unborn. I can't say if they were feeding off the light itself or the pain, but my guess is somehow both. The heart, though I can't believe she actually has one, seemed to be conducting some nightmare orchestra, nurturing Crota's children and the echoes of Aga's light. The hive must end for all they had done, and some day, by my hand or another's, the heart will meet with an end fitting of the pain she herself has dealt. Dude, that gave me chills, man. But we have some additional info about Omar. Omar didn't die. So, side note. Well, shoot. Omar isn't actually dead. The Hive unintentionally, specifically the Heart of Crota, unintentionally transferred Omar's soul as well as his light into a hive creature while trying to strip his light away from him. This creature manifested as a small hive bug that currently resides and powers Xenophage so that it can continue to kill hive going forward. That's that's the bug at the center of Xenophage? That's the bug in the center of Xenophage is Omar. Omar's soul? Yep. Interesting. Uh, that little bit of lore is on the Xenophage gun itself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Remember, kids, reading is fun and fundamental. <laughs> Go read your guns. Yes, read all your guns. There's so many cool stories on the there weapons are. and armor in the game. Like, hit, there really are. Hit that bumper. Read that lore tab. It's all good stuff. Uh, Give that lore tab a like, a <laughs> sub if you need to. No. Yeah. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> so, but it's it's not until D2 that uh Omar, you know, is allowed to exact some revenge on the hive. Uh yeah. yep. So, at this point in time, Eris believes Omar to be completely dead. And she is alone in the hive tunnels. God, that's that's got to be a terrifying thought, right? Like you can, and and she even says this, we came down as a, as as a team of six type thing like and she's that like that's it there's three of them died before they even got in the front door one of them she's sitting here watching watching it watching him or her omar be literally the light ripped out of him peeled like a banana and 
and and Toland just saying, "I'm good, I'm gone, bye," and then getting sung unsung from from reality. Like, yep. These these are these are things. There's so much. There's there's so much more terrifying than just like I I, I want to say like this is like this is like the 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 nightmares of of oh my god that's why they call them nightmares yeah <laughs> well shit I didn't just skip ahead three pages did I uh more like four but yeah you know damn I know where you're going <laughs> uh well shit okay sorry mini revelation just happened there um like everything she's describing is like the nightmares of guardians like oh, yeah. that's like I mean like and not just the nightmares of guardians just the nightmares of people like this horde this wave upon wave upon wave of of thrall crashing against each other and and itself and coming to take the three members out and and then this other one just literally being peeled like a banana and and it, yeah this is holy shit no wonder why she's a little yeah. messed up like I know especially in D1 um where a lot of this lore was available, but was much harder to um, access because you had to do it through the, the Bungie website and a lot of people just didn't bother, yep. understandably. Yep. Um, but a lot of people saw Eris and they're like, ah, it's, you know, the, this, is, this is the weird emo goth chick of the game. And like, yeah, but for good reasons <laughs> like, so much more yeah, yeah like it's, like it's not just a phase chick, you not know? just like yeah yeah not like oh that's cute i like your black fingernails no like oh my god there's literally blackness pouring from your fingernails and eyes and what the hell is happening to your face type thing yeah, yeah. no that's not just acne that is that is darkness pure concentrated darkness so Eris is now down in these tunnels. And Maybe we should get her some uh let's see her insert brand name to get money here. Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll put it back we'll put in our, our sponsor in post whenever that happens. Whenever uh, that happens. <laughs> but no, so she's I'll just start naming shit. <laughs> First one to sponsor us gets a big old hug from us. <laughs> So she's down in these tunnels. She's witnessed all this, these terrible things happen to her fire team. And we now have the last piece of last wish gear that, I, that I've included here. Specifically, the cloak of the great hunt. And it states, they are dead. Waning, Ariana 3, Toland. Saimoda, Omar, Veltarlo. I am lost in these lunar tunnels. Out of ammo, short on light. I am out of moves, save one. I clutch an Ahamkara bone in one hand and my dead ghost in the other. I hear a whisper. My vision is gone. My face itches from the viscous flow from my eyes. Though I can't see, I find that I suddenly know the way out. So Eris wished 
on an Ahamkara bone. Where the hell? I mean, I it's it's obvious where she got it. Like it's implied that she when she took and, it from the hunt. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, or or from the graveyard, like yeah. before yep. she and Ikora wiped them all out. She was just like, well, you know, maybe just in case, and right, stacks yeah. a bit of it, and has been carrying it this whole GD time. Yeah, and and she wouldn't be the only one to to carry an Ahamkara souvenir. I mean, Shax has a skull hanging above him in the tower um which has certainly not caused any issues at all uh no no it's sabathun hasn't sung to him through it or anything um in addition to that i mean guardians are canonically wearing literal ahamkara bones as exotics oh absolutely um dire helm of ahamkara claws of ahamkara mm -hmm. we literally run around with these things everywhere like I, it, as much as these things are like forbidden fruit, we're just like um nom 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 nom. Uh, yeah, and and you know, on the same note as reading your guns, read your armor because all the Ahamkara armor is whispering to you. Um, it is. It knows it's in a video game and it wants out. So Eris had an Ahamkara bone and nothing else, and I can only assume wished for escape. Now, the method of that escape is uh, up for debate. But I think... Fucky is what I'm going to say. That's a scientific term. Well, I I think this is what happened. So, Ahamkara, as we know, make things happen, make wishes happen in very undirect ways. Um. And, and I think that I, I think that's partially a breakdown of communication there. A little bit between yeah. the Ahamkara mm-hmm. and the and and the the thing making the desire, which is why Mara had the wish wall created to where she could give a very specific thing to the Ahamkara and say, "This is exactly what I want. Here's all the conditions. Here's I mean, literally, almost like writing out a contract mm-hmm. with the Ahamkara and then going, "I wish." Or the above type thing like uh, outside of that like they are very much like the okay yeah you want a million bucks here's there's a million deer outside yeah Good they job. they like to interpret your wish however they see fit uh yep. so one which, which is curious to me we we know mm-hmm. that they sorry not to completely derail again because you know i'm all about the derailing today <laughs> uh they feed off desire but I'm curious if they feed off like the 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 fuckery that they do, right? Like like as much as they feed off the desire, is it the is it the actual desire that they're feeding off of, or is it the 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 misinterpretation of information that they're feeding off of? I think it's the, the desire itself. Um, okay. Because if we look at all of the instances where an Ahamkara has actually fed in the in the lore has been feeding we look at um riven and mara riven feeding off the one time mara had a desire to you know be with sure essentially have a future with sure yep. um we look at in, in even earlier uh where Wei Ning was having the desire for the fight to never end and the the ahamkara is visibly feeding off of 
the yeah. desire for the fight yeah. to never end, not feeding off of like the fact they were still stuck there necessarily, but feeding off that want. Um, sure. So I, I think it's literally they des- the desire and they, I think they just do the rest for entertainment. Honestly. I think um, so. I think, I think you're right. I think it, it's literally just for their own, <laughs> like, Haha, look at me. I'm, I'll get your wish, but I'll do it my way, baby. Yeah. yeah. Or, 100%. or they will grant the desire in a way that will hopefully lead to more desires or will right. lead to the same desire being repeated or, or something along those lines. Um, something that they can continue to feed off of, yeah. basically. Yep. Yep. Um, Teach a man to fish. He'll fish for it. Yeah. So I don't have any. Teach a man to wish. He'll wish forever. <laughs> I don't have any specific backup for this. However, in my head, this makes a lot of sense. Eris okay. has been stuck down in the catacombs I'm glad it's in your head, of the moon. I'd be afraid if it was in my head. Eris has been stuck down in the catacombs of the moon <laughs> for years at this point. Um. And could we could we say decades or, or they we, we don't have any type of time frame do we? They just call it many cycles, and I'm not sure okay. if cycles, you know, if they're referring to years, the moon cycle or an Earth cycle. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, but Eris has been stuck down in the catacombs for quite some time, and when we, the Guardian in D1, go to the moon to investigate a guard, another Guardian who has you know, gone radio silent, who we find their body outside the doors of the Temple of Crota. And our presence there is what opens those doors to allow the hive to come for us, which in the game is said to have been dormant for quite some time until that point where we, that famous line, we woke the hive. Was that us fulfilling Eris's wish via Ahamkara wish magic? Ooh. Was that our guardian I like, I like that. coming down on this little random mission and opening those doors completely unawares? And that was that opening is how Eris escaped. That was that was how she got out. Ooh, that's I mean, because I'm because okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Dark Below was the first expansion. It was the main so, game, and then Dark Below was the very, the very first. Expansion. So main game, Dark Below, then House of Wolves. Mm-hmm. So that very well could be the whole reason that she even escaped. I think because it if, is. If, to to me, because we we know there's many paths to get down to the the the, the Hellmouth um, from the surface. Like there's 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 multiple openings in the in the surface of the moon. That she can take, obviously one of them being through the the, the front door of of the Temple of Crota, um, but you can you can literally travel down to the center of the Hellmouth and come back up out the other side mm-hmm. um, of the moon in multiple areas. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, if we open one door, who's to say that didn't open all the doors? Right. And it, it if if I recall correctly, um, when they talk about the moon in d1 it's uh prior to us going there it, they they essentially say uh 
So the the whole reason we go there in the first place is because we encounter a hive wizard on Earth, and yep. that was like unheard of. Uh, they're like, oh, there's a hive wizard here. That's like we don't have hive on Earth. That's bad. They they've been up in the moon, you know, forever. We essentially surrendered the moon to them, and then they just have been dormant there ever since. Um. So I I think the hive were not active and were just completely shut in the catacombs until we came and woke I'm them up. I'm curious. I'm curious if feeding off of Omar was enough to just sate them, you know, like just completely cause them to go dormant. Well, I think the reason they went or dormant, if, or if that's part of the wish. I I don't. Oh oh okay. We're gonna connect some threads. So, uh, any, All right. anyone that hasn't listened to our finale, anyone that hasn't listened to our finale of the Books of Sorrow, go do so, because I'm going to connect a thread to it. In there, they talk about two knights meeting in the Sea of Screams in the Ascendant Plane, one of which is a knight of Oryx, uh, who is under Crota's command, and one of which is a knight of uh, Shivu Arath. They meet in the Sea of Screams, seemingly randomly, by chance. Uh, They come to blows with each other. Long story short, the knight of Oryx, who is subservient to Crota, dies. That knight, uh, not having that power, means that one of Crota's generals loses their duel because they didn't have that knight's tribute loses their duel against Shivu Arath's general, which then means Oryx has to surrender, uh, or excuse me, Crota ended up surrendering a uh, large amount of territory to Shivu Arath, which significantly weakened him, and he told his brood, I'm going to slumber to regain my energy. Oh, well, shit. I'm going to go dormant, essentially. To regain we some of the time, energy that I have lost. We have a time frame to connect. If. Oh my god, we've connected two time frames. Oh my god, we did a thing! So, if that meeting of two nights that led to this whole chain was not purely random and was influenced by paracausal wish magic, so that the hive would go dormant, so that our guardian would awaken them, uh, crazier things have happened. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, dude, that's that's nuts. That's that's, but that's how that would work. That is. Like that's, we did a thing. Did a thing. We connected the dots. We've we've solved the puzzle. <laughs> so, all right, that's that's it. We beat the game. That's we canon in my head now. Until something proves that's, it otherwise, I'm I'm uh, keeping that as canon. That's 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 not just canon in your head. That's canon in my head, and all now all of our listeners' heads. Take that. There we go. Until hey, someone kid, go. sends a comment and is like, "You're totally wrong because of these reasons," and they cite their sources and are very polite about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't just cite Wikipedia because you can cite Wikipedia. I mean, you can cite Wikipedia, but it's no. You asses. <laughs> Needless to say. Eris escapes. She escapes from the Hellmouth. Yes. She finds her way back to the tower. 
Uh, and here she recovers from her physical and mental traumas with the help of her friend, Asher Mir. Uh, this little excerpt comes from the uh, lore card regarding stasis. Uh, the section is called To Asher Mir. And it's just one sentence out of a much larger letter that says, I will never forget how you cared for me after my escape from the Hellmouth. You provided me with the hope after I had lost all and compassion when I believed I deserved none. You made me feel myself again. Oh. So Asher and Asher. Uh, Eris had a pretty had a pretty strong friendship. Um, I miss Asher now. I know. After her recovery, Eris warns the vanguard of the threat that Crota poses and the hive on the moon, but is mostly ignored. Now this this. I was trying to say this. This is an area of the game that I I didn't personally get to play. Uh, I I played a little bit. Uh, so for me, as far as gameplay time, I joined Destiny in Taken King. So okay, uh, yeah. that was when I that was when I got uh my my PS4. I got the Taken King PS4. I got the whole bundle and everything. And I was like, Destiny is it. This is this is my thing. But only because about I want to say about three or four months prior to that, maybe not even three or four months, maybe only like two or three months. Uh, a friend of mine in Texas had let me play Destiny on his account, uh, and and he didn't he did not own the two expansions. He didn't own okay. Dark Below and uh, and uh, House of Wolves. And while I was down there, he just went ahead and bought them. <laughs> and so we're playing like like I, we're kind of playing through this in this very very confused like what the fuck is going on here type thing and then like if you if you played if you started playing at Taken King you got access to all of those so you could literally do all of those storylines all at the same time so it was very confusing to hear stuff like like you're doing the main campaign and then like you kind of skip over and do some of Dark Below and then you skip over and do some of some of uh um uh dang it House of Wolves, and then you skip over and did some of Taken King, and then went back and did some of the main. So it's a very confusing time yeah. for me. So I had to, I had to literally like, I, 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 I laugh because I tried to learn how to play Titan so much that I deleted my Titan in D1 uh, four different times uh, <laughs> just to replay the story and try to re-level Titan and try to understand how to play Titan. Spoiler alert: I still don't know how to do it. I can only do it in PvP, uh, thanks to Bastion. Uh, so yeah, so that I did finally get to play them in the order that they were intended as, for one of my playthroughs. Is when she warns the Vanguard, is this the first time that she is seen in game? No. Um, so this is actually a little bit prior to our character seeing her in game. Um, okay. So the kind of the timeline as as I see it is us going to the moon and waking the hive and opening the the hellmouth back up um was pretty early into the destiny one campaign the uh vanilla i was gonna say the moon's the second place you go yeah um like like you do a couple of missions on on earth and i'm pretty sure you do the rasputin opening yep uh the you open up the comm link and everything mm-hmm. like that which then aw- just so happens to awaken rasputin 
uh, and then the next thing you do is like, oh my god, there's a hive wizard here while you're doing that, and that's where Ghost is like, we need to do something different. Yeah. And that's when you shift course and go to go to the moon. Yeah. So it's it's literally like mission three or four of the vanilla campaign. Yeah. So very early yep. on. So I think what's being what what I'm reading this as is if we are the reason Eris is able to escape, which I think we are, then she probably escaped pretty early into the vanilla campaign and while she was recovering and then talking to the vanguard about all of this is when we were doing all of the other events of the vanilla campaign um so this is okay, kind of so happening here's where in i have the one here's where i have one minor discrepancy that i kind of want to clarify too yeah Coria and her idea of coming up with religious tactics and the soul divisive and soul praetorian that are the black garden that we end up dealing with at the end of D1. Yeah. We theorize that that took place, that Coria coming up with those ideas and, and using those ideas took place uh, before the black garden. So, yes, and I, I think that still can be accurate. Is that because I. I was going to say, can that still be. I don't think that I my interpretation is that when Quoria was battling Oryx and like it I, literally in the book Sorrow it talks about that was like a hundred year war between the Vex right. and the Hive. My interpretation is that Quoria took all of the, the those religious tactics and whatnot, um, and that learning and sent it to the Vex collective mind. Right. But that doesn't necessarily all that, shit. that doesn't necessarily mean the Vex ever had a reason to use it. Until the Soul Praetorian gotcha. came across the the darkness, and also but, we don't know how long the Soul Praetorian have been in the garden that, worshiping the darkness. That that right there, that's I think that's the thing too, because time, like as much as the Black Garden is like we know it's not on Mars because our ghost tells us we have I have no idea where the hell we are. We also don't necessarily know where that is in time. True. Because the, the, the Vex are very much about existing at all times and all places all at the same time, and that's where they appear to phase in and out of existence, is that they're, they're just phasing to another timeline type thing, or they're phasing to another point in time that they are now existing in. And so that's, it's, I, I man, that's a, that's a, time travel is hard, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie, time travel is freaking hard. It is, it, it. It's still like, and I know the Vex don't technically time travel either. Like, there's right. there's a whole nother layer to this. That... They don't get in their DeLorean and get up to 88 <laughs> miles an hour and then, you know, accidentally get their mom to fall in love with them <laughs> because they're trying to save their dad. It's, that's not exactly how time travel works, but... Uh... No, it's, I don't think that's how time travel works for any potential time travelers outside <laughs> of a singular movie. Uh <laughs> Hey, three movies, thank you. The greatest trilogy known to man. Well, that particular scenario is one of those three movies. <laughs> but needless to say, so I, I think our, our idea of the timeline still holds up that she is yes. returns and is in recovery and talks to the Vanguard about this threat while we're off doing D1 vanilla campaign stuff. Um, Absolutely. And so she brings this this warning to the vanguard, but like Crota is a threat. There are these unspeakable things being done 
by the hive under the moon. We cannot ignore them. Nightmares. And they yeah. mostly blow her off. Uh, the speaker, who is still alive at this point, um, and Zavala, both are kind of like, clearly, you have had, you know, you have had terrible things done to you. You are likely, you know, still very traumatized. Like, very much like she's not in her right mind. Her, her whole psyche has been corrupted by her experiences, um, is, is the viewpoint they're taking. Right. Uh, the one person that does listen to her, though, is Ikora Ray. And although Ikora can't provide her with any Vanguard support for the dealing with the Hive on the Moon, what she does do is induct her into Ikora's hidden, those secret spies and uh, you know, informants and whatnot that kind of know the underworkings of everything. So, so at this point in time, Eris is made an official hidden. Yep, at this point in time, Eris is made an official hidden. Uh, and this comes from the D1 Grimoire card titled Crota's Bane. Um, and it's, it's just a little description of Eris, really. Um, it says, Robbed of her ghost, Eris remained lost among the darkest shadows of the Hellmoth for countless cycles. Despite all odds, she endured, using the very dark she battled to emerge a changed warrior, driven and some would say obsessed. The speaker and commander Zavala find her compulsions a sickness, convinced she has been fully seduced by the shadows. Though her warnings of Crota and his power are often dismissed, Eris returns to the shadows time and time again, operating as one of Ikora Ray's hidden, a clandestine group of guardians tasked with silently infiltrating enemy strongholds and gathering vital intel. Which that's that's interesting to me too, because I always thought of Ikora's hidden as just being warlocks, but it's 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 any old guardian. Yeah, it's not, so that Ikora deems yeah, just as deems a, worthy, a clandestine group of guardians tasked with silently infiltrating enemy strongholds and gathering vital intel for the warlocks. I I left that bit out. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like anyone can be a hidden, but then like the intel they gather is you know researched by to the, the warlocks. warlocks. To be yeah, because we 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 dress wearers, uh, Myth and I, mm-hmm. uh, we are smarter than all you dumb brainy smart heads. I prefer the term battle robe. Punches. Thank you. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I can be comfortable the as I sling robe. my Nova bombs. Thank you very much. You got dang right. And the breeze feels really good too. Like Sorry, there's no pinching happening good, here. You got dang right. The breeziest of the breezes. <laughs> mm. Damn it. Not again. <laughs> here comes that sugar rush. <laughs> this is this is the second wind. Um there it is. So she operates as one of Icora's hidden for some time until eventually a big figure in the hive starts to move. Specifically, Omnigal. And this is from the D1 lore card Ghost Fragment Hive 3. Ikora. And this Omnigal is here on Earth? Eris, I can feel it. Ikora, why? 
Eris, there may be no stopping what comes. The hive in old Russia, in that dead land, their assault on the Cosmodrome is no coincidence. They move against the light with purpose, always with purpose. Ikora, the Warmind? Eris, Rasputin, yes, the last failsafe against the night. They will tear into its eyes, or worse. Ikora, worse? Eris, the dust and bone and horror of their existence is simply who, what they are. But it does not negate their ageless intelligence. Ikora, they do not seek to destroy Rasputin. Eris, I don't know. Destroying Rasputin would cost us a treasure beyond belief. But such fury twisted to the hive's ends instead? Ikora, we would fall. Eris, all would fall. Ikora, the Omnigal is here for Rasputin. Eris, she is here to pave the way. Ikora, for Crota? Eris, that could just be the beginning. He is not their only god. Holy cow. L- literally, literally foretelling. Wow. Okay. So, Omnigal again, the queen on the chessboard of Crota, uh, is on the move. She has left the moon and has gone to the Cosmodrome, has, has landed Old on Russia. Earth and is in the Cosmodrome, or at least that's what Eris, like is feeling is happening through whatever her connection with the Hive is. And so she's informing Ikora of this, and um, uh, I'm not going to read the, the entire bit because the, the whole lore card is significantly longer than that, but it essentially it ends up with Ikora saying, like, I will... I will get the vanguard to listen. I will get you an army to to help fight her back and fight the hive back. And Eris saying, like, even if they believe you, like, I've already, we've already tried fighting the hive with an army. Yep. And look, look how it turned out. Um, yep. So. Which, so, so then that, so uh, the strike will have, will, uh, the the Omnigal strike mm-hmm. that is now the Navota strike uh, for D two. Don't spoil. Um, it's coming up still. Oh, oh, oh! Shit! <laughs> I, I did a thing. No, sorry. We're we're on a similar sorry. wavelength. I'm liking it, but jumping <laughs> ahead. You're reading the ending. I know. I live the in the future. <laughs> I am. I always do that too. Like if I go to a bookstore, the first thing I'll do is I'll read the last chapter of a book because and you if are I don't like monster. the ending, I'm like. There's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. I have no idea who the people are in the book. I have no idea what the story is. I read the last chapter, and if it sounds like shit, I put it right back on the shelf, which is probably why I don't own many books. This uh, is a sad, sad thing, but... This is a sad existence I live. Um, okay, so the, so the strike... Okay, so where am I jumping ahead then? So I'm, I'm going to talk about the strike. <laughs> the, the strike comes up here okay. a little later. So you're absolutely on the right track. Um, All right. So this is now shut up, you read. where the Dark Below expansion of D1 begins. Like Omnigal is on the move, is on Earth, and Ikora is trying to get the Vanguard 
and the consensus to listen to uh, Eris's warnings that she has been telling them for quite some time, and they keep hand waving away as the ravings of a mad person. Uh, and Eris doesn't have a whole lot of faith. Say, not warnings that they're going to nonsensical ravings. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eris doesn't have a whole lot of faith that that Ikora is going to get anywhere. Um, but Eris does learn of a recently resurrected guardian who, against all odds, successfully infiltrated the world's grave on a mission from the speaker. Was that old, old VIP 2014? 2014, yeah. Uh, God dang right. We's a beast. And I have to think this is, this is a moment of like, holy shit for Eris. To go Gotta into be. the depths of the moon where the, the world's grave uh, is, to go in where her fire team was annihilated in horrific ways as a single guardian and not only get in and get out alive, but get in and access and steal all of the hives like data stores and then also get out alive, unscathed, ready to move on to the next thing. Uh, yeah. Because I think that's what's important to note there. What, we talked about this a little bit in the book, so what is the world grave? So the world's grave, from my understanding and from how it's described in D1, and I, I will concede that I think things have been retconned a little bit. Um, Absolutely. But the, the world's grave is the repository of all hive knowledge of all races that they have already fought and conquered. And this, and this is this is also uh, reiterated in the books of sorrow. Yes. Yeah. Um. So our our so all all knowledge of every of everything that they've already come across, deleted, subjugated, whatever, and and I mean that that's a ton of knowledge. That is a ton of knowledge. We're talking a billion years worth of knowledge. Yes, like for as long as the Hive have been conquering, Oryx has been amassing all of his all of the knowledge he has gained uh, into this does. grand archive called the World's Grave. He can't not he can't not amass that knowledge. Like he that is his will, his nature. He will literally starve. He will literally starve if he does not amass this knowledge. And it's all stored right there in the world's grave. That is that is my conveniently on our moon. Now I think some of the I say some of this has been retconned. Not not that the world's grave itself has been retconned, but I think the scope of which we were actually able to access it has been retconned. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because in the mission in D one in the mission, the ghost just kind of like pops out, scans it for a little bit and then I was like okay I've downloaded literally everything the hive ever knew uh, I've downloaded a billion years worth of history in 3.7 seconds it's like those google searches right like you type in google like pickle farm and it says 72,000 trillion million results in point zero 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 three seven seconds like alright 
I know I understand Google's that fast, but you tell me a ghost is that much faster? I mean, it's, it's a sentient being of light energy. I was say we have uh, we have an exact description of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where it was, but we have an exact description of this. But needless to say, presumably, if our ghost actually had the entire repository of hive knowledge, there would be a number of things that did not happen in the game that actually did. So I'm, I'm apt oh, yeah. to believe that the ghost got as much as they could hold and maybe partial, maybe as much as they could about the hives operations towards earth specifically. Um, because we know that they don't that like the ghosts themselves are all self-contained. They, yeah. There's nothing. It's, it's not a, it, I always used to think of the ghost as like this interconnected weave of networking devices no, no that all mind. that all networked up to the yeah that's that exactly that all these all these little points were just like uh like nodes and then they all networked together all the way up to like the main hub which was um the traveler but none of that is that that is not how the ghost works they are all self-contained entities of themselves uh, and whatever they scan, they've, they've got for themselves. Now, that doesn't say they can't share the knowledge. Like, they, right, they yeah. obviously communicate with each other. But it's, it's, not, immediately, it, it, it's not immediately part of the, 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 over, the, the overarching network that, oh, hey, uh, ghost, ghost 2783 scanned item number 6,272. <laughs> uh, now we all have access to that. No, yeah. he, he would have to go somewhere, upload it, or share it, and... And then it'd, it'd literally be shared from ghost to ghost to ghost to ghost to ghost. Yep. So, um, so I don't think a billion years worth of knowledge no. across several galaxies. I would think galaxies. Are, do we know? I, I, I think I've asked this before. Are the hive from the Milky Way? I don't think we have any way to know because um, we don't know where okay. Fundament was. We know the hive have been alive for millennia. So they could have traveled from just about anywhere. Uh, yeah. So they. What is what is time to somebody who's immortal? Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's just a blink. But yeah, so there's this amazing newly resurrected guardian who went in and out of the the catacombs of the hive unscathed, and single handedly, single handedly, with nothing but. Nothing but green guns and armor. <laughs> Nothing but uncommon guns and white armor. Uh, I, I didn't even have a single purple. I didn't even know what an exotic was. And so Eris takes note of this guardian and is like, hey, I'm not expecting any of those idiots in the consensus to believe what I'm saying, but you did alone what I and five other seasoned veterans could not. So maybe yeah. you can help me. And she tasks you, the guardian, with destroying the hive princes and the sword of Crota, which they are guarding. And this is a mission that happens in the dark below. You go and you track down these three hive knights, which are the, the princes. I don't think they're the princes of Crota. Um... I was but, gonna say, are they the are those are those the entities that I'm remembering, like the eye of Crota, the no the, the heart of Crota, the eyes are different. Cro- or... The eyes are different. Okay, um, they they show up in a later mission, but um, gotcha. But yeah, these are the the princes. Uh, let me see if they have it of Crota. Um, 
<laughs> and of Crota manifest. <laughs> well, in a of Crota like uh, title of some sort. I I like that. Like like, is there an of Crota manifest? Can we just hey, this is the eye. This is the left arm. This is the leg. This is the finger of Crota. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they're called the Swarm Princes. Um. And uh, they they were not of Crota, but they forged Crota's sword. So they created gotcha. Crota's sword, uh, which was called the Great Render of Light, the Darkest Edge. Um, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not Willbreaker, right? That's not Willbreaker. Is that Oryx's. is specifically Oryx's. Uh, gotcha. But these, these princes in Crota's hibernation have been tasked with guarding his his weaponry until he returns essentially guarding oh, sure. his sword sure um because there's nothing worse than going to sleep and waking up the next morning and being like hey what the hell guys where's my sword where where's my, my sword shit? Go? what the fuck yeah. what are what? you guys doing like what the hell guys but uh so eris tasks As us does. eris tasks us with killing these princes um and destroying crota's sword which has ended the life lives of thousands of guardians at this point. Um, and lo and behold, we do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think she sent us on this mission, like hopeful that maybe we could pull it off, but not really expecting anything. Uh, and we come back and are like, yep, all three princes dead, sword shattered, all good to go. Uh, <laughs> All done. All done. Next, next task. So uh, now she's like, "Oh, we might, we might be more powerful than I give us credit for." I, we, I think we are. Um, not, not to I say, we, I th- not to say that some of the entities we have fought and won against are not, wouldn't have been higher on us, higher than us on the power scale. Um, but a lot of times, We're although we as the players are not recognizing it in some cases our character is being led to do very tactical things to reduce the power of our, our final enemy. Um, yep. We talked about it yep. with Oryx. We're doing the exact same thing yep. with Crota. We're destroying his, his most powerful weapon. Um, the very next mission that she sends us on after the, seeing that we were able to succeed in destroying the sword of Crota is to hunt one of Crota's generals uh, who is Sardon, the yep. fist of Crota. Um, who is kind yep. of like his military tactician. Um, and again, we are successful. Is, is that the mission? Is that the mission where uh, you actually get to, like, that's one of the first times you get to wield a hive sword? Uh, that's with the sword of Crota. Um, so you, okay. you literally pick up Crota's sword, the darkest edge, and kill his own swordsmiths with it. The, the swarm princes. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember do, doing those missions uh, solo uh, on, mm-hmm. on when they were like the heroic daily missions. That shit was fucking hard. Yeah. That, I mean, for, for little, little old brand new light me, I'm like, what in the fuck is this shit? Who is this? What is happening? I can't do shit in here. And as soon as I put the sword down, I'm dead. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I remember those being insanely hard. And now I think of those as kind of a joke now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to go back to them and and kind of yeah, kind of compare. But uh, but yeah. So after we we destroyed the sword, she sends us against uh, Crota's general Sardon. Um, and again, 
we're successful. And we have now removed two major assets from Crota's arsenal. Uh, and during our time fighting Sardon, um, we encounter briefly Omnigal. Uh, now, Eris had, had sensed that she had come down to Earth from the moon, but no one had actually seen her until now. This is the first visual confirmation uh, during this mission that, like, yeah, that's Omnigal the wizard in the Cosmodrome. Um, and we report this back to Eris, and this is now Eris going, kind of like her, her worst fears are being realized here. You know, Omnigal has come down to the Cosmodrome. Uh, and also looking at the vanguard like haha told you <laughs> a little bit yeah um <laughs> you know she's she's got to be seeking out Rasputin and you know we know Omnigal from the previous lore entries is is the most powerful piece of Crota's like tribute line like we've hurt him by taking out his general and his his princes but Omnigal is like his main source of tribute or his biggest source of tribute. And she's the one yep. literally creating his army. Uh, yep. And for her to be on earth is bad news. Um, yep. so, for Crota. <laughs> <laughs> so Eris now yes. tells the guardian, like we need to deal with her. Like she, she needs to be stopped. Yep. Whatever she's doing, we need to stop it. Uh, so she tells the Guardian, go back to the Cosmodrome, hunt Omnigal down, stop her from accessing Rasputin, because that's what Eris thinks she's trying to do. Um, sure. So the Guardian does, tracks her, tracks Omnigal down to Rasputin's bump, bunker, uh, and is very surprised, and Eris is very surprised, when Rasputin kind of like throws his doors open and and welcomes us in without any traps or, or anything is just like yes come in and when we get inside the bunker we we quickly realize that's because he is actively under attack from the hive already uh the hive have yep. infiltrated the bunker through other means and uh are attempting to take control of rasputin uh Def- definitely very very hive i mean that that so that to me is is very much like what Ares was saying, like they they don't want to destroy Rasputin, they want to take it. They right. they they it's want it to be part of. It's a weapon. It's it's it be the ultimate thing in this system, at least in this system, to sword logic this system out of existence. Right, uh, and we can see them doing very similar tactics with things like the gift mast and harmony. You know, they, absolutely, they wanted absolutely. to take and use and or consume the gift mast which was harmony's yep. biggest weapon um and, and i think it's important you know eris mentions earlier on when she was talking to ikora you know the dust and the bone and the horror of their existence is who they are but that does not mean that they're not intelligent they have infinite right. intelligence because they are millions and billions of years old uh yeah like the the hive could without a doubt with enough access and enough time figure out Rasputin. Yep. Or at least some, you know, the the witches I would say at the very least. Uh Sure. Sure. So we we get there, uh we interrupt 
their attempts to take over Rasputin and we defend his bunker, uh, we're unable to kill Omnigol at the time she flees. Um, and this, this is the mission where anyone that's played it, uh, we're kind she's like up in a, a little, uh, glass paneled overlook from the arena and she just kind of floats yes. there and looks at you as you're fighting other shit and then just pieces out before the battle's done. Yes. Uh, because I know exactly what room you're talking about. That's the same room that you go to when you're... Uh, I'm going to skip ahead, and I'm just going to do this anyway, <laughs> because why the hell not? Uh, when you're forging your sword, you come back to that room, and you fight wave after wave of different knights. Yes. Yep. 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 Same place. I know that exact room you're talking about. Uh, so we, we thwart Omnigal's plans at the bunker, but she herself escapes. I... Uh, and Do you think this is a learning thing for her? Like, is like this is this this is the second? Well, probably not the second time she's ever seen guardians, but like, this is the first time she's seen a guardian like actively overtake things around her, and now she's just kind of like, okay, let let me observe for a couple seconds. Let me throw what I got at him and see what the hell happens. Because maybe that, so. Uh, as a solo mission, that one's actually pretty rough. I mean, that shit is coming at you nonstop in that mission. Yeah, and. But like I said, you know, we as a solo guardian accomplished getting in and out of an area that the heiress and her whole fire team was decimated by. So I think yeah. it's as as shocked and, and amazed as Eris might be by our ability to do that, the hive even more so, because they're yeah. they've killed thousands of us. They right in right, you know, with seemingly with, with little effort. Um and now like we're just a joke to them right and, and now there's this one vip 2014 <laughs> who's like i'm gonna fuck your shit up and they're like okay whatever dude and then you fuck their shit up and they're like oh shit uh like we we have not ready for that right they're like we haven't we haven't seen this before we haven't seen a guardian yeah on this level before uh so she may very well have been standing back and observing and kind of figuring out how she wants to you know, deal with us eventually um, and decides that the, the correct choice at the moment is a, a tactical retreat. <laughs> I, like, um, I like, she doesn't run the fuck away. That's called a tactical retreat. That's right. I like, I like. That's right. <laughs> God damn it. No, it's running the fuck away because you're scared and you know that you're dead. Tactical retreat. <laughs> I see you. So, now that we have, we have stopped, or the Guardian has stopped Omnigal's plans with Rasputin, um, Eris comes to us with an, an urgent message that, in spite of Omnigal still being out there, uh, there is something even more important, and that is that she feels that the Hive are trying to wake Crota. Uh, and... and I mean, you've taken out a bunch of the the generals and commander. Like, he's gonna notice. Like, <laughs> like, right? Like it. Like it's it's like a little kid coming in, going, "Uh, hey, dad, hey, um, the dogs are eating the garbage," and you're like, "Ah, oh, fine, fuck it, I'll deal with it in the morning." And then they come back and go, "Um, dad, um, the dogs have eaten the garbage, 
and are now eating the cabinet. <sighs> whatever, it's fine. I'll deal with it. it. Whatever, I'm going back to sleep. Ten minutes later. Um, they've now chewed a hole through the side of the house and are still eating it. God damn it, now I gotta deal with this shit. Like, that's that's what's happening here. In all the hive are just episodes of Full House. That's all it is. <laughs> Hopefully it is. in the real world, you, you would not let your dogs chew through your cabinetry. <laughs> they wouldn't let it get that bad, but you know. They, they, they may or may not have definitely eaten the siding off of my house uh, <laughs> when they were puppies. So yeah. Uh, uh, maybe not a hole. Per se, like they're not gonna fit. They're just one strip of siding, but like, yeah, they've they've eaten some of the floorboards too. You get them a chew toy or something. Uh. I know. I keep getting them a chew toy, and they're just like, nah. Look at <laughs> look at this fun thing that we pulled off. We worked as hard as hell to pull off the side of the house, and now we get to chew on it. And it turns into smaller bits that we get to chew and then eat. And I'm just like. You assholes. Like, oh, I love you to pieces, but Jesus Christ. For those of you that don't know, I have two puppers. Uh, they are purebred Siberian Huskies, and they are turds. Uh, and they are named Sate 14 and Cade 6. No joke. Uh, that is their legal names. Um, so Saint and Cade, they are turds. Oh, boy. And they're brothers. So, they're trying to wake up Crota because the proverbial dogs are destroying the house. Uh, Absolutely. And Eris senses that this that the hive are trying to do this, and she sends yep. the guardian back to the temple of Crota, the the lo- the exact location where he, where she and her fire team fell. Um, to stop that's a, that's a bold this move, summary right? ritual. That's 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 a bold move. Like she know she knows that. That's a bold move. That's that's a. I think at this point it is a move led by, a little bit of hope based on our previous accomplishments. I think, I think a point. lot of bit of hope and and a whole lot of urgency, because Crota yeah. uh, at this point is not does not have a corporeal form in our world. He. The, right. it, I, I believe this was in the Books of Sorrow, because I, I know we've talked about it before. Um, Crota, uh, I think we talked about it in that same entry with the two knights on the bridge and Crota going into, yep. into his hibernation. Um, yep. Crota essentially puts his, his soul in the, um, into a crystal. So he, he it's not like he is sleeping in his in his corporeal form somewhere down in the hive or down in the the hive catacombs he has put his soul into a crystal uh so that with the the intention that it's much easier for the hive to resurrect him out of that crystal into the the corporeal world into our reality than it would be it, for him this- to traverse from his ascendant plane into our reality. Um, is, is this like an oversoul? Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, okay. 
And so this is something that he learned from his sisters. Yes. Of, of how to do this. Yeah, that that's that's how I take it at least. Is this is something that he learned okay. from his his sisters? Uh, and so the the hive are now performing this ritual to wake him, wake his soul from this crystal, so that he can come forth and take, uh, you know, manifest physically again, uh, to you know, put his house in order because someone's going around killing all his tribute givers. Uh, eating, eating all the siding, off eating his all the siding off his house. <laughs> um, this is the mission where we have the eyes of Crota and the wakers of Crota. The wakers of Crota gotcha. are the ones that are, uh, actively performing the ritual to resurrect him from his crystal. Um, and I is is this is this the mission that takes place in the same room that the uh, the nightmare crota yes from yep. D two takes place in mm-hmm. where it's got like that that bone structure going up around the, yep. the right side of the room up to the top and then there's that cave up underneath it yeah yep that's okay. the one yep um and so we you know we eliminate those enemies we get to the crystal we kill off all these wakers of crota to stop the ritual um and then. These were hard missions. Yeah. I remember doing these missions by myself and thinking, Jesus Christ, how the hell? <laughs> this is also where I fell in love with snipers because snipers could do some damage in there. Oh, and yeah. And I mean, they were like, I was super stoked when I saw this crazy crit of like 28K and I was like, oh my God, I'm not using any other gun ever. <laughs> Little did I know. Little did you know. Um... Little did I know. So we such we'd... a young me, such a more pure me. <laughs> I have so much to tell you, but can't. I'm sorry, younger me. I I found a new also, love. Thank and you. It's called fusion rifles. Uh... It's called fusion <laughs> rifles. Oh my god, do I love fusion rifles now? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sniper! Fuck your sniper! <laughs> oh. For me, it's sidearms. They're they're my guilty pleasure. I know it's so it's so good, <laughs> so good. So okay, so we go in there. Our guardian. We, we kill the we yep. kill the wakers. We we bust down the we, door. We wreck shit. We kill the wakers. We kill the the eyes. We destroy. We ate the whole porch. Yeah, we destroy the crystal that holds <laughs> Crota's soul, trapping him in the ascendant realm. <laughs> Um, so okay. he now no longer so, so that's, has a method to get to, say, to uh, our reality quickly, at least. Right, like that's like like killing the Oversoul or destroying the Oversoul is is that's like that's like cutting off the direct path to. It, it's almost like a mini portal to the Ascendant Realm, I would think, In or, a, or or some variation thereof. It was a shortcut. It it let him bypass the Ascendant Realm. Um, Gotcha. So instead of his soul going to his throne to to sleep, his soul went to the crystal, which is like was a yep. piece of his throne, was a piece of his of the oversoul that's in his throne. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And so he was chilling there, so that it would be a lot easier for him to just go from there to to our world. But us destroying it means his soul had to go all the way back to the ascendant realm, back to his throne world, and now he's stuck there. Until either he can find a way out and back to our, you know, our solar system slash reality, or somebody finds a way to summon him. Um, gotcha. 
So that that did so a, that's a that's a pretty powerful breakdown. Yes, like that's a that's a number we did on him. Absolutely. I. Uh, and so that kind of eliminates the immediate threat of Crota's return, um, in our in our solar system. I uh, sure. And so at that point, it's kind of we're kind of tying up loose ends. I uh, you know Crota is out of the picture, but Omnigal's still around. I. Uh, and so this is where um, then that the Guardians are tasked with hunting down Omnigol, uh, and this is in a, a strike, after Eris hears reports of being hurt, of seeing, um, excuse me, of Omnigol being seen in the Skywatch. Uh, yeah. And she is amassing a hive army uh, on Earth so that when Crota does have his eventual return or the plan was when Crota has his return, he would have a standing army already on the planet. He was trying to invade. Um, and, and I think it's important to note that this is a strike because this is now a a sanctioned Vanguard op. Yes. Like this, this, the Vanguard as a whole, like Zavala, Ikora, the whole Vanguard, the speaker, they're all like, okay, yeah, this, they're finally to the point of, well, shit. Uh, you might be right, Eris. Yeah, the, uh, maybe we do take care of this. There's literally a hive witch amassing an army outside. Maybe we deal with it. I guess you're right. Maybe we do something. <laughs> ah, maybe we. Ah. Uh, let's let's maybe stand back and watch what they do. Ah, right. Ah. Let, let's see what happens. You know, you never know. Maybe they're friendly. Just, <laughs> maybe they maybe they just want to bring cookies. Yep. I mean, that's all we ever did when we went to Riven's place. We just wanted to bring her cookies. Really wormy cookies. And kill her. Uh, and kill her multiple times in a flawless run, which we just did. Uh, Fuck yeah, <laughs> Petra's run. We knocked we knocked that out for the first time this last Saturday, and tomorrow uh, evening we will all be Riven's Bane because Myth is unfortunately one <laughs> one try one try away. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> it's, tomorrow it's it's next week's it's tomorrow's challenge is what he's short. So we're gonna knock that out. We'll be we'll have our full six ribbons banes, and that's we're pretty stoked about that. Yeah. So uh, we've defeated the the not crystal. to completely derail not off of everything, de- but yeah. yay us. So we <laughs> we hunt down Omnigal in the strike. Uh, we eradicate the small army that she has has spawned or gathered to her. Uh, and we finally kill Omnigal. Um. Which is a huge blow. I loved that strike. That strike was genuinely terrifying. That final. Oh yeah. Oh my god. On like the like the harder difficulties. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. You you could literally be in that final room for an hour. (laughs) Yes. It was it was gross. (laughs) Like it that shit was hard. Especially if you're trying to farm. uh, There's like a specific pulse rifle or something that she dropped that I remember everybody wanted. Uh, yeah, gra- grasp a Malik. That I think that yep. was it. Yeah, yep. I ran that strike so many times. Uh, oh my god, yes. But so our our guardian has killed Omnigol, which was the last. The will of Crota. The will of the Crota. The will of Crota. She was the the biggest contributor to Crota uh, as far as tribute goes, and she was the last contributor or the last of Crota's generals. Um, and we have killed her, and we have significantly weakened Crota. He is 
now and in the, the state and where the he brood is mother starving. to his entire force like this is that's a big deal like it's a I, huge as deal. much as as much as it's like hey this was just a strike boss that was a big freaking deal and i feel like those kinds of things are not uh, they're a little better now but especially back then they were not communicated very well in game right um because to me at the time i was running that strike and killing omnigal over and over hoping for a drop i it was just like yeah this is this is a hive boss that we're killing cuz reasons it's just omnigal like fucking kill him again yeah, it's, oh, it's the screamy one oh. killer again <laughs> um but like going back and looking at all of our decisions in the dark below made tactical sense. We started yeah. with some of his smaller generals and we moved our way up the chain until he's not getting any tribute anymore. And now his worm is, if it isn't, it's very close to starting to just eat him from the inside out. Uh, yep. which is, is exactly the same tactic we used with Oryx. Um, Wait, you tell me his worm is, Eating him out. Good night, everybody. That, that's the show. <laughs> I had to. I can't. I, damn it. You didn't have to, but you did. I didn't have to, but I totally did. <laughs> so, needless to say, we. We have been demonetized. A third time. Uh, we, a twelfth time. Fuck, I don't know. I've lost track how many times. A third time tonight alone. Um, yeah, easily. So, with his significantly weakened state, uh, Eris recognizes that this is a one in a million opportunity. And so, kind of acts as the guide for the raid, which uh, is Crota's end, where. Fire team of six go down into the Hellmouth and transport themselves into Crota's throne world and murder their way through his last few guardians, uh, his last few defenders uh, in his throne world. And even then, we can't kill him with our own weapons immediately all of all of us sitting in back with icebreaker can't do shit <laughs> even then we have to kill his knights his his ascendant knights and use their ascendant hive swords to weaken him enough for a split second or more like you know four or five uh so that we can actually at least do damage at least to six him shots each so even even in that incredibly weakened state, we can't do anything to him without our weapons using don't mean shit to him. Like our our corporeal weapons. weapons means dick to him. Yep. So, but we do it. We we beat him and we defeat Crota, and uh, and I think that is where we are going to end it for tonight because that's a good stopping point. I think so. I think that's a that's a good stopping point. That take that that gets us from <sighs> holy crap from what we think is we two unknown births of the same person. We're pretty sure one of them is false yeah. because truth to power. 
up through the great hunt of the Ahamkara, um, down into the 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 craziness that was the fire team of six that did not survive, like lost horribly, and Eris had to overcome hell. I mean, mm-hmm. like hell and nightmares, everything. Terrible like, things. Terrible things. Um, to then come to us and like, hey, Vanguard's not listening. You want a job? And we're like, hell yeah, I want a job. I just want to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Uh, and we go and do it, and and we 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 smoked smoked them, smoked them, mm-hmm. like like it was nothing. With our sniper rifles and now our fusion rifles and no, uh, and our sidearms no, uh, yeah no that's that's Jesus man she has had a rough time like even even in this little amount of time that we've gotten to talk to, talk about her she has had a rough time she has although and it's, it's interesting I will say it's if, interesting to me <laughs> no go ahead go ahead I, I I will say I do think that um you know. Granted, she has she as we know has a much much more story to play. Uh, our defeat of Omnigol and uh, later Crota, I feel, does offer some some solace for her, knowing that so. the the undoers of her her fire team have finally it met def- their demise. It definitely gives her a a, a minor bit of peace um, until next week's episode. <laughs> mm, stay tuned mm. guardians <laughs> uh yeah okay uh well then i guess i will uh start thank yous then um i'm not gonna thank toland yet he Don't he's already toland got one ever. he'll get one later uh, <laughs> you gotta thank the crazies every now and then <laughs> or else we, we wouldn't have these crazy stories to tell <laughs> no um well, let's see here. Uh, so, thank you to Wei Ning. Um, your your loss was not lost to the to the world. Uh, thank you for being crazy enough to wish over and over and over again for the fight to continue forever, and for Eris to call you an idiot, and then for your full plan to come to fruition and all the Ahamkara come to you. Like, why go hunting when I can make them come to me? Um, it's a very Titan thing to do. Just just to point that out. Like... It's also a very very naughty thing to do. Just finish the episode, Zor. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm feeling really good tonight. I really am. Uh, thank you for life, for being as crazy and as nutsy as you are. Uh, you're the best. Uh, let's see here. Oh, thank you to Omnigool, because that scream was freaking awesome. It's pretty iconic. That was literally one of my favorite sounds of D1 is her scream. Um I it like So uh are you, are you about to play it? I, I'm not gonna play it because I'm not gonna do that to everyone. Oh. Um but <laughs> but uh a really cool little piece of trivia. Um Morla uh Gorondona, I think is how you say her last name. The the voice actress for Eris Morn. Uh, she is the one that did all, if not most, of the hive sounds, including Oh my god. Omnigal's scream. 
Oh my god. Big shout out to her. Big big shout thank you. Shout out and a thank you. You get both tonight. Uh because she I every everything that I've seen about her as as far as like the voice actor of Eris Morn and and getting into that role. Um and we got to see more of that too when when she did the Shadow Keep stuff. She loves it. She absolutely loves that role. She yeah. I she likes immersing herself in it. So yeah, thank you. Um uh I'm not I'm I'm not gonna butcher your name. I'm I'm not even gonna try. I suck. Um Let's see here. Who else? Um Thank you, Toland. There, there it is. I did it. That's the last thank God, that's not gonna be the last thank you to Toland I get. All right, miss. <laughs> Save me from myself. <laughs> All right. Let's say we're going to continue our telling of Eris Morn's story uh, in at least the next episode. This might be a two-parter. It might be a two-and-a-half-parter. We're, we're, we'll kind of see. Uh, our initial plan was to do a two-part of Eris Morn and then have the episode right before uh, the release of Witch Queen be... Um, kind of a, a broad strokes view of the story from shadow keep up into witch queen uh we still want to do that we might end up having to do that at the same time we're telling some of eris's story we're, we're not quite sure um well and a lot of that I, I i i really think feeds like eris is a main part of those two those two years she's um, a big part of it yeah so uh especially obviously shadow keep like that's mm-hmm that's going to be that's going to we're going to cover a lot with that one. So that's the initial plan for the next two episodes and then uh you know when when Witch Queen drops all all bets are off. We're we're going to want to be talking we're going to want to be talking about whatever big revelations happened in the Witch Queen story for for big that following week. So uh that's the the tentative plan. You better be ready cuz we the sure as hell aren't. <laughs> or yeah. or no wait no we maybe i don't know i think we are um all right well and then of course uh uh obviously my my last couple of thank yous uh thank you myth uh for being here every week uh and doing the research that you do um you're you're the freaking best man i i i don't say this enough uh especially usually i'm heckling benny most of the time <laughs> but i i really do i i absolutely love the 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 connection that I've made with you and, and this friendship and this, this thing that, that we have going here. Um, it, it's, it's freaking awesome. Uh, this is the point where you cry back to me <laughs> and then I ruin the whole moment. Uh, uh, obviously thank you. Uh, I knew that. So I won't give Mark. you the chance. <laughs> he knows, he knows me too well, guys. Uh, Obviously, thank you to Mark. Uh, 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 sorry, a clip. I keep doing that. I'm so bad about that. I, I, I anyway, uh, our, our original producer and now our lovable, um, uh, our only true flawless raider during our uh, yeah. Petra run. He is the only one that didn't cause a single wipe. Yet every single time he was at that wish wall helping put that wish in. So he's the real trooper. The real MVP. Um, he's the real VIP 2014. Absolutely. 100%. Eclipse 75, you are the best. 
Um, anything else, Bill? I think that's it. All righty. Well, in that case, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, um, especially our high numbers in Romania, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>